Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and stories with people who are awakening the church for such a time as this. You'll hear from pastors, authors, advocates, and regular people just like you and me who are all part of the remnant rising to wake the church up. Hey guys, it's Brittany Jones. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. I'm super excited to welcome you to a new little space that I've created for the podcast today. So from now on, you'll be seeing this pretty blue wall that we've painted out here and uh, a little plants and things that I love. Um, But today with me, I have some friends, uh, Stephen Davis and David Panzik, who are the founders of Raising Alphas Project. Hey guys, how are you this morning? How you doing, Brittany? Great. Great, Brittany. How are you? Good. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know y'all are busy, um, but this is an important topic that I'm really excited to bring to my listeners. A couple months ago, just so you guys know, I actually had Stephen on the podcast already. You can go back and listen to that episode. And he shared with me and with you guys some of the things that he's walked through in the last year in regards to some of these medical mandates that were put in place here in Orange County. Um, It's a really great story, a fascinating story that he is still in the middle of. Um, But if you want a little backstory on Steven and kind of where they got this idea, uh, that's a great episode to go back and listen to. But I wanted to also share with you guys this new project that they've put in place um, and what it is and who their audience is um, and kind of the message that they're trying to, to spread. So uh, I'll just have you guys kind of start and share a little bit about yourselves. So uh, we'll have David start since my audience may know you a little bit, Stephen, already. And uh, and David, so just share with us a little bit about yourself, your family, um, how the two of you guys got connected, and then we'll let Stephen say a little bit and jump into what is Raising Alphas. No, absolutely. Uh, again, thank you for having us, Brittany. Um, so Steve and I, we met uh, a little over 10 years ago. Um, at that time, I was in the fire department, and we had we worked for different departments. Happened to meet each other at a local boxing gym. So him and I have spent uh, before we even became friends, we spent times in the rain, barn and slugging it out with each other. Um, I'm a, I don't know if anyone knows like the boxing terms, but I'm a southpaw, so I fight left-handed. He's the first southpaw I ever fought, and it was um, it's a terrible experience. I felt bad for all those right-handed people that were fighting. But so we just kind of hit it off from there. Um, Ended up finding just as we hung out more, got the wives together, wives got along. So, you know, we just had a friendship that, you know, was born then and just continued to uh, grow throughout the years, Um, especially with, um, you know, I have two boys. Steve has two boys. They're both within similar age of each other. So we got a we got a good tribe uh, going on right now and some good friendships among the kids as well. Um, but, you know, as far as a little bit more of a background on myself, you know, um, I grew up, I've grown up in Florida. I've been in this state my whole life. Uh, I grew up in Tallahassee up in North Florida. So I had a bit more of the uh, seasons, a little bit of a fall, a little bit of a winter. It isn't just, you know, the uh, 12 months of humidity and heat down here in Central Florida. So I'm still adapting to that. Um, but while going to school up in Tallahassee, met my wife there in college. And we've been together ever since. We've been married for, I should know off the top of my head, I want to say 11 years. Over 10 years we've been married. And uh, it's, it's been great. She has stuck with me through um, some things where uh, it, was, uh, it was just tough, you know. Uh, growing up, I was the youngest of three. Um, out of shape kid. Didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in myself growing up. As athletic as I was, uh, I just went off of just pure natural athleticism. I didn't take any time to try to develop and hone those skills and try to turn them into more of what could have been. So I didn't have any confidence in myself and, you know, not blaming anybody, but that's all on me. But as I continue to get older and, uh, you know, joining the fire department, uh, being able to work in that environment with all of these different personalities from people that are your, your age or people that are about you know, 15, 20 years older than you and being able to gel and make it a family was a great experience for me. You know, I was in the fire department for about 10 years, a little less than 10 years. Um, it was great for me during that time. Um, I don't I don't miss it. You know, I joke about it now. I don't really miss it for like the political aspects of it. 
Yeah. Um, but I got out of it just purely to spend some more time with the family. I was sick of working the holidays, sick of working, missing things on the weekends, getting the mandatory overtime. But like, uh, I got the kids now. I'm done. I want to do something else. So I've been out of it for about five years now, about five years. And it's been, it was a scary decision at that time, um, leaving it, leaving a, a safe career with the uh, the honeypots of the promises of the um, paycheck and, you know, the retirement, the golden years, jumping into a whole complete unknown of what I'm doing, you know, right now, as far as my, uh, my job at the moment. And, you know, everything that happened with uh, COVID, with 2020, all the shutdowns, um, it really... While Steve and I always had a strong friendship, it really strengthened that uh, bond even more. Just talking to each other about like, hey, man, what do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of that? And just bouncing things off each other, you know, iron, sharp, iron sharpens iron. So as uh, we, we were we were discussing ideas of something to do, uh, what started as I don't know how in depth Steve would want to get, but when it started as something else with one group of people slowly dwindled down to just he and I still talking. And we just came up, we were just shooting back ideas back and forth at each other. And um, raising alphas was just like a catchphrase that came across. And we're just like, wow, like that's like, whoa, like that's really cool. So immediately we start Googling, looking stuff up, like, is this a thing? This is yeah. a thing. We couldn't find anything. Um, immediately, like shortly after that, put in the trademark for it, which recently went through. So that's a big thumbs up for that. Awesome. And we um, realized. With raising alphas, and I can let Steve take over and jump in from this, but we have something a lot more um, of a message than just being a teacher, just a catchy teacher. Um, and, you know, Steve, I've been talking a bit. Steve, you want to jump in, let them know where all that started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No problem. Did you, did you want me to just go right into it? Go for it. All right. Well, everyone, you guys have met me in a previous episode, but my name is Steve Davis. I do have it off the top of my head. My wife and I have been together for 16 years married and 20 years together. So uh, a little ad ad advantage to going second, I guess, with the questions. <laughs> so, and uh, yes, South Paul is difficult to uh, transition uh, when you're when you're fighting someone um, orthodox to someone South Paul. So fighting David was uh, definitely harder um, than I was used to at the moment. But um yeah, Raising Alphas has taken off. Um, uh, earlier this year, we did a soft launch at the Save Our Generation um, convention. We were there just just walking around, and David and I just really wanted to go see what it was about. And then, um, uh, quick of the moment, we both said, "Hey, you know what? We got the shirts. This is what we are kind of doing: is trying to start a you know a brand called Raising Alphas. We had put in for the, uh, the corporation. We had put in for you know the trademark, which we just uh, recently uh, got approved." Um, about a week ago. And so that was excellent news to hear. When we did our recording, um, your episode may come up before our next episode, but uh, we talk about it on air um, where I find out for the first time um, uh, that our trademark got, got approved. But um, Raising Alphas was really a shirt. And then we started getting tons of tons of great feedback as we were walking around to save our generation. And, and we knew right then it's like, you know what, what David and I believe was is huge in our community and it's huge all over the United States. And I would imagine it's, it's huge all over the world that, that our children are our most important assets, our most important focus today. And someone has to stand up for them. Someone has to be that, that, uh, that individual. David and I talked about it on our episode, um, I believe it was episode four, where we said someone has to stand between them and the threat. And that's the responsibility of not only, you know, we talk about mama bears, uh, but that is the responsibility of the man in, the, in our lives. And while raising alpha is not just sided with one, um, uh, one gender from the other, more focused, this is not about, you know, male or female. This is, this is a team effort. You know, to raise a, an alpha, it is a team effort. We want to strengthen the, the family, strengthen that center core values of, of family values. And that's what Raising Alphas is about. Our project is to reach out to young people, to reach out to young kids uh, that might be struggling in school or tr struggling with uh, things, discussing things with their parents. David and I can be those those individuals, and um, we can lead. We want to lead that that charge on on getting children and, and adolescents to understand that their parents are there to help them and to help them recognize. Like I want both of my boys to be able to come to me with everything. You know, while I tell my sons that if you if you 
do something wrong, I want to know about it. You're going to get in trouble. It's a consequence. Yeah. But if you come to me and you tell me the truth from the beginning, I will be less upset. I will be the, the, the punishment will be less severe than if I were to find out that you've done something. And that's what we need to um, to challenge our, our, our children to do is to come with those those un, uh, unapproachable moments and make them approachable and say, listen, you know, have some courage to say, hey, mom and dad, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I did, you know, um, and then to have those 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 discussions. Um, and parents to be open-minded for those things as well, to have those discussions, to be, have discipline, to have focus, but to be engaged. You know, right now, uh, David and I, both our kids are in school. They're, they're uh, being, giving instruction by their teachers. That's where their influence comes the majority of the day. I left this morning before, before they woke up. I get home late this afternoon. Now I have soccer practice this evening, so I'm going to spend some time with my kids at practice. But it's if I'm not at practice and I'm getting home late, then, and this happens to many families where they get home late and they spend a couple hours at the nighttime. It's dinner, getting ready for bed, maybe some schoolwork, putting them to bed, and then the day recycles, um, the evening recycles. And these are the things that we're putting our kids in, in the, we're putting our children in the responsibility of others, our teachers, our coaches, other things. And we're hoping that they're teaching the right things. I haven't been able to go to the classroom uh, since my son entered kindergarten. Um, that's a problem. I should be able to walk into the classroom at any given moment and find out what's going on with my kid's life, what he's being taught, what, what he's doing. I want to be engaged. And that is the focus. Raising alphas is not just about raising them at home and teaching those values, but ensuring that the things are being taught in school that align with your core family values. And that's something that David and I are really trying to focus on. Those are the messages. That's the message that we're getting out to reignite that uh, at the mom and dad level. Hey, you guys need to stay focused and, and, and also speaking to their children, you know, having them be a part of it. Yeah. Well, I'm a boy mom, so I am like right there with you guys on all of this. Um, and I think you're right. I think your message is resonating with a lot of people because the way, you know, as I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier, the thing that kind of kept popping in my mind is like old school values, right? Like this is like, this isn't new. We're not reinventing no. the wheel here. No. We're actually just kind of going back a little in time and saying like, this used to work. Like this, this model. Yes, yes. And yet it is, which is so yeah. bizarre. Um, but to your point, you know, I think a lot of parents are with you. They um they see what is being taught in the schools, they see just the culture and the way that like disrespect is just part of the norm these days, and violence is part of the norm, and um just all of these, you know, we know with our kids that you turn on the cell phone or you put them in front of a computer for five minutes, they're being bombarded with all sorts of crazy stuff. So it, it really is the responsibility that the parent needs to take back, essentially, um, in raising their, their own child. Um, and so I love this. And I love that it's not, you know, gender specific. I love that, uh, you know, one of your one of your alphas that you highlighted was nurse Erin, because, you know, she's, she's awesome. Um, but that it's not necessarily like, I think people may have a misconception when they hear alphas, they immediately think male. Right. Sure. Um, and they, there is this sense of this toxic masculinity that we hear so much about that. Um, I think David, you made a great point in that, uh, masculinity is actually necessary. Right. Or Stephen, you may have said it just that, um, that is actually what protects kids and women, right? This idea that is not new, this old school idea of the man leading the home, you know, being the protector um, in that way. And so I love what you've also said about school board meetings and things like that. Um, I am that mama bear uh, that has been at the school board meetings for over a year now. And it, it has been disheartening to see the, um, lack of men showing up to also speak out on behalf of their kids. And so I love what you guys are doing because you're empowering, I think, a lot of other dads and a lot of other men to say enough is enough. I'm going to show up. 
Um, and, and I think that's needed honestly now more than ever. I think I'll pat myself on the back. I think us ladies did a great job these last two years, shining a light on a lot of what's happening. Um, but I, I, I personally do not foresee the real change happening unless the guys get involved. What are y'all? Well, and you make on? a great point, Brittany, you, uh, and many, many other women have, have shone, uh, shined a light on the, the corruption, on the evils that are, are surrounding our children. Um, men go to war. That is known from, from long before I was around. Uh, men go to war. Guess what? It's time to go to war. Uh, uh, we have got to stand up, and it's time. This, this may not be a physical battle. This may be a, a battle of intellect. This may be a battle of just uh, polit politics. But uh, this is an absolute 100% war, and men have got to start standing up and being brave, start being courageous, brave. Those are the things that it takes. Um, many will say, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to create division amongst my coworkers. But the reality of it is, is if we want to maintain uh, our lives the way they're supposed to be. You go back several years, um, that's where it was supposed to be. We were doing well. That's because. Um, men stood forward and for whatever reason we don't anymore and uh, we have got to start raising those alphas and, and standing up mm -hmm. that i mean and that's something that i talked about too in a previous one of our previous episodes where men have we're, we're scared to step up because for the past you know decade or so we've been called masculine for speaking out we've been called uh just masculine for having these points of views or even just simply disagreeing with the point of view or with the uh, another female that's toxic masculinity these are things that we do so we have been for the past decade been told to just sit down and shut up and you know uh, i think i went at this on our last episode steve you know we are at a time right now where you know probably just second to the american revolution where this is probably the most important moment in our country's history because it's involved for the you know battle for the, the souls of the next generation and we are we're here in this moment or at this specific reason you know like i said earlier like growing up i wasn't a confident kid you know for probably most of my adult life um you know i was agreeable didn't really speak out i just didn't want to ruffle any feathers you know it just wasn't worth it getting into the talks or having those disagreements but and it really kicked in for me with 2020 where um when uh biden when he came out and said you know, all these people uh, that aren't getting the vaccine, they're just afraid of my freedom. Oh, my freedom, don't take my freedom. Like, as soon as he said that, I was just like, and now I'm pissed. And since then, like, I, I've got people that don't want, that don't talk to me anymore. And like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry if you feel this way, but if you disagree with what I'm saying, then we really just shouldn't even be friends because this is, uh, I'm like, I'm pissed off now. I'm gonna let people know about it. So that's really what this is all about. I don't wanna look back 20 years from now and say that uh see you know with the path that they're on right now with attacking the kids and going after them see it get to where maybe they want it to be i don't want to look back 20 years from now and say like i saw this happening but i didn't want i didn't do anything because i didn't want to make other people mad at me you know uh, i don't want my kids to look at me and say you know my dad saw something didn't do anything like i want them to see that you know my my old man saw something and he found his voice and he stood up and he, uh, he, he made a stand and did what was necessary. Yes. Well, and I think one of you guys may have made the point too of that um, courage is actually an action. And I love that because um, what I've been attempting to do over the last few years is help local people become actionable within what is going on, giving them an, an opportunity to show up. Um, and I think obviously there's strength in numbers. So like when you know that your friend agrees in that same mindset with you and they're willing to stand next to you um, and walk into those rooms and have those tough conversations um, and put people's feet to the fire, uh, that emboldens more people. And so I love that because, you know, you guys have one another, but you're, you're, you're literally asking others to come alongside of you and join you kind of in this mission. Um, my oldest just turned 18. He started college a couple weeks ago. Uh, thank you. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I'm really old. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, one of the things to your point, Stephen, about um, 
just raising kids that are, that will come to you with, with their problems or their issues. I love that. And, um, you know, something that my husband and I talk about and, and I'll just, I'll be transparent and say, you know, we see other parents and the way that they parent, or we see other children and the way they behave or respond to their parents or react. And one thing that we just constantly kind of remind each other is that it doesn't start when they're 12 and they start getting moody and like, like they're annoyed with every single thing you do. It doesn't start then. It actually starts when they're three and four years old. And you're putting those parameters into place for them. You're putting those guidelines. Um, you know, here are family's values. Here are the things we tolerate and here are the things that we don't. Um, and so it's really interesting to see kind of this generation coming up, which I didn't realize was called Generation Alpha. That's pretty cool. Uh, I love it. But you see them coming up and my oldest son is, is like you, David, he's not, a, he's not going to ruffle feathers. He was my child who over the course of this, you know, I literally, I caught a picture of him in a mask, like at school after they had said it was optional. And I was like, what the heck are you doing? Like your mom is literally at the <laughs> like, You're killing me. Take that off. Yeah. Don't take it off. Out of mind. <laughs> yes. But you know, there, and, and in that even there's this, this, kind of dance of, you know, how I feel, you know, what, you know, how we think on this and you have your own freedom. And if you're, if that's what you're choosing to do, I'm not happy about it, but I'm also not going to make you do anything. Right. He's 17, it's 18. A fine line. Yeah. It's a fine line. Yeah. yeah. So, but that being said, um, there is this generation, I think, especially now, like we've, we've preached tolerance and these things so much over the last several years. Um, even going back to your point about women, just, you know, the feminists, if you will, saying, just sit, sit down and shut up. Like you're a man, you don't get to have an opinion about this. Um, it's so dangerous to even just how our culture will progress. If we just tell the men to sit down and shut up. I mean, like we said before, traditionally speaking, the man has been the person to stand in the gap when things aren't right. So if that goes away, um, I fear that you just have a bunch of crazy leftist women <laughs> running the show. And, you know, that's how we get into situations like sending billions of dollars to Ukraine or, you know, these like these in theory, very heartwarming, very uh, compassionate things. But because it's all compassion and no um, reality, maybe is the right word. Um, you things can kind of devolve very quickly as we've seen over the last couple of years. What are your guys thoughts on just kind of like the state of America? Are you just floored to see it in the, in the way that it is right now? One thing I will say is that the state of Florida has been free. Let's just say the whole time. Yeah. But let's just, let's just really dive into this. The state of Florida is not free. Um, we have gotten complacent over the last uh, year, I want to say. And what's going to start happening is it's going to start resurfacing. And it's because all of us have sat back and gone, you know what, this is, this is great. You know, we have, we've been able to go to, um, to restaurants and bars and not have to wear a mask. And now there's no violations, but they're still out there. It's still happening. But we're just, we've tuned it out because we can walk down the street without being exposed to anything but it still lives in florida we're not we're not safe yet there's still things that are coming out people that are still being um reprimanded people are still it's just kept very quiet now it's they're they're not as arrogant about it as much because they know that we're here they there's know people like dave and i exist yeah. like you exist yeah. that we will call you on call you on it right away and so that's the, what's important and i'm seeing this right now um, the union that I that I'm a part of, well, I was a part of. They've they've recently just dropped my arbitration. They are going against uh, everything. What what I pay for protection with my union, they are so corrupt that they have dropped my arbitration, uh, and they are in bed with uh, Orange County, and they're completely um, doing things that should be a violation of everything um, that they're supposed to stand for, and uh, the people have that 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 are members of this union are sitting back and letting it happen they're letting it happen and it's because 
they're going to work every day, getting a paycheck and going home and not having to worry about a mandate, not having to worry about losing their job. While it's all the the Democrats, I shouldn't say the Democrats because it's both sides. Everybody's still working to destroy this country. The people that are working to destroy this country are still working to destroy this country. They're here in the state of Florida. They're all around the United States and they haven't stopped. But we think that we won one battle. The state of Florida, we won a battle here in the state of Florida, maybe in Texas, maybe in a couple other states. And we can just, all right, we won. And we go back to our daylight. That's not the case. If you want to win the battle, you have to take out every 50 states have to be involved. Every state's 50 states have to be won and they all have to be taken out. They all have to be put in jail. They all have to be uh, held accountable. Orange County has not been held accountable the entire time. I was having a conversation before I was on my way over to Dave's this morning, and they still have yet to be held accountable still to this day. So it, it, it exists here. Not so, only have they not been held accountable, they got reelected. So. They got reelected. <laughs> and if you have noticed uh, some of these elections, uh, you and I both Chris, uh, supported Chris Messina. I still yeah. support Chris Messina. And I, I challenge, I, I, I know that those mail-in ballots are all corrupt and it, something needs to be done because Chris Messina did not lose. And I'm going to say that he did not lose. And there's many other people that, that did not lose that loss. And it's, it's a complete corruption there. They've got their hands so tied into judges, lawyers, um, state representatives, congressmen and women. Um, it's insane how deep this goes and it exists on both sides. And uh, we've got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused. Well, and I love that you brought that up about Florida because you're 100% right. Um, primaries here in Orange County, we had less than 22% of registered voters, people eligible to vote, actually show up and vote for the primaries. So a quarter of the people in our county decide who gets to go forward. And what people may not understand about Orange County, too, is that our primaries, if you get 50% plus one vote, you're in. You don't have to go to November. So someone like a Demings or a Teresa Jacobs, who just so happened to accidentally use her OCPS email to email every parent in Orange County to tell them to vote for her. Right. Also not held accountable yet to that. Although um, I'm curious to see what DeSantis does. He's about to sit down with Orange County School Board and uh, hopefully get rid of all of them. Yep. <laughs> That's my hope. But um, but. You know, it's it is it is upsetting. I I'm also part of Florida Freedom Keepers. You know, two years ago we had 700 people at a rally, and I can't get 10 people to show up to an event anymore right. because we're complacent now. We're free. We're free now. We're free, but we're, we're free. not. But yeah, we're no. Now, the battle's definitely not over. Um, they're just they're just laying down and waiting right now for this complacency. Um, it's all of this is definitely going to come back. Um, there's no question about that. Um, luckily. We do have DeSantis here, but DeSantis, you know, um, he's not going to be here forever. Someone's going to come in behind him. He's got one more term coming up. I'd love it if he served, served his full second term. I'm being uh, selfish before that way. I don't want him to go anywhere else. I want him to serve that full second term. But, you know, all of this, too, it, it starts with, you know, it all starts back at the house with setting that strong foundation of the house. You, know, you said that you have a, a young one getting ready. He's at college or getting ready to go to college. Started college like two weeks started, ago. Yeah. So started college. College universities are scary now. Um, it's basically just indoctrination camps for the for kids that are coming up without that strong foundation in the household to go back on. And they're being told what to think. I mean, that's basically what college is now. Think this. Um, we're we're going to tell you what to think. We're not going to tell you how to think something. Right. How, to reach, how to reach conclusion, you know, um, critical thinking. You know, it's just non-existent. You think this way or else you fail. So that's when they're coming back to the house, you know, with the blue or the pink hair, um, wearing a, uh, you know, Hugo Chavez shirt or something like that. Um, so, not in my house. Mm -hmm. not, not, not in my house. <laughs> but um, that's, um, and that's going to continue to happen um, unless we start back again with the race novel, back on our message of the strong foundation in the household. Yeah. That's really what it's boiling down to. And like I said, you know, all of this is going to come back again with all these COVID protocols, all the masks, all the shutdowns. It's all going to come back again. Um, it's just uh, we gotta we gotta keep fighting back. Not even just keep fighting back. We just have to resist. We have to resist and just keep it keep it at bay and keep pushing back on them. Totally. Yes. You know, 
you, you know what's 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 crazy about that is if we don't if we don't push back, then it's like David said, it's going to keep coming back. And um, right now, Orange County Fire they have policies that are still in place that um, allow that they can mandate uh, new hires. If you're looking for a promotion, they can mandate a vaccine. They can mandate a mask wearing. They still have these policies in place. It's been uh, a little less than 10, nine, 10 months since the governor had signed legislation in place. And it's still in, they have not addressed it. Um, I know of two cases right now that are going on in Orange County. I have uh, an individual who, who has done the exact same thing that I was accused of, that I, um, that I did, that I was terminated for. I was terminated after a hearing uh, for uh, what they labeled as misconduct and uh, insubordination for refusing a direct order. Okay, And everyone knows that's listening, should know my story, and you can turn, tune into our next podcast to, to hear hear me talk about that. But um, what he did, this, this fireman, he did the exact same thing. He refused a direct order. It's now going on three weeks. I was terminated after my hearing. Within six days, I was terminated. It's now three weeks after his hearing. He has not gotten one phone call, one letter, one, one thing to say, hey, this is what our decision is, that they have made a decision on the same thing that I did, refuse a direct order. Okay. We go to another another individual. He is being investigated for the last four weeks. There is body cam footage, sheriff office body cam footage that has been reviewed by not only the union, but by management. They've reviewed this body cam footage of this firefighter assaulting and batterizing, batterizing a patient uh, on camera uh, while he was handcuffed. And he is being investigated. He's been moved to days for 40 hours a week. He's been getting paid while they do an investigation after they have evidence of this. And this is why this is so the inconsistencies that I'm bringing forward. Uh, this individual, his, his dad happens to be a judge, happens to be the, the judge that is overseeing my case uh, and is overseeing another case. So what's funny is that these are all connected. And it, 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 I'm getting this message out there right now because this is happening in Orange County. You have a judge who's involved that is, is, is whose son is is now being investigated for four weeks. There is a camera footage out there and nothing's happened. Now, I guarantee that after this is starting to, to circulate, decisions will start being made. But now we're looking at what day is today? It's going to air on the on, on, on what day? On Friday. Mm -hmm. On Friday, uh, 17th, 15th, 16th. Mm -hmm. OK, so the 16th of September and. Uh, we'll probably start seeing this come next week, that people, that this individual, a decision will be made. Uh, the judge may have to recuse himself from my case and another case that's closely related with the same attorney is representing two people. And this judge happens to be following both of them. Mm -hmm. So these are the corruptions that still exist. And what people don't realize here in the state of Florida is because these still exist, our country will never be great again. Because we still have these people's people in office making decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and what is maybe more infuriating is the system that is in place for us to be able to remove them, which is voting, is not secure. Protected. Yeah, nope. and it's not like I came home um, after the night, you know, the night of the primaries, and it's like okay, we need these people to be out and this is our one kind of shot and we can't pull it off. And it's not because it's not for lack of, you know, involvement here locally. It's, there's something amiss. <laughs> there's something not of right course. about 50,000 mail-in ballots showing up, you know. Um, All at once. Yes. Mm -hmm. And being like, we had the TV on and he's, Demings is literally already on stage congratulating himself, you know, and we're like, it's seven Oh three, bro. Like we haven't even counted ballots what's happening. Um, and so, but even to your, your story there, um, about these gentlemen, like that's very Hunter Biden, right? Like you've got the guy who can say, Oh, we're not going to look at that. We're just going to sweep that under the rug. And that's obviously that's not okay. Um, kind of going back to more like kids and parents and how raising alphas is, uh, helping people 
kind of find their boldness, if you will. Um, I love that you guys also really are um, just into like mentorship, essentially, like taking these young people who, you know, like my son, who, you know, he hears mama bear, but it's different when it comes from somebody else. So, you know, what are you guys doing in regards to working with youth, working with, I know you guys coach soccer and that you have some opportunities there for mentorship, but what does that look like kind of maybe moving forward? What are you guys thinking that raising alphas will be able to accomplish when it comes to that? So right now we're doing some speaking events. Um, we, we would love to get into the, uh, the schools and start speaking to children. Uh, that's something that David and I are, are looking into on how we can address some of the local schools. I think we would start with our children's because uh, they both go to the, our kids go to the same school. We'd probably focus on that one first uh, because it's close. It's, it's, um, it's obviously important for both of us. Um, but speaking in schools, we do some public speaking around uh, Central Florida right now. Uh, obviously, we coach soccer. That's huge because uh, right now between David and I, we have he coaches his youngest son uh, on his soccer team, and I coach um, uh, both of our kids on two separate teams. So between the two of us, we have three soccer teams uh, that we coach, and we influence that um, that uh, group of children. Um, so those are some areas that that we are focusing on. Uh, we have been uh, approached by a couple of local organizations uh, to help. Um, go forward with getting our message out and and instilling some courage um, in in the male um, role, uh, so men can be more involved and engaged. And and when we do that, uh, when we start growing our community, not just as raising the raising alpha's brand, but just men in general getting and being in, um, embedded in some of these local schools. Um, David and I could take time and go to our children's schools, but if we make connections with other fathers uh, who go and get to their children's schools and be that raising alpha in that school and start that transition, that part of our project, then we will start reaching a community. Um, I can't I can't remember the exact school or what where where it happened, but there was I want to say Texas, and there was a group of kids that were were told that they couldn't go in school unless they had a mask or a vaccination or, or whatever the case was. Um, maybe the one of, one of you could help me remember where it happened, but um, they essentially said, we're going in. And the administration said, you're not going in. And they said, watch us. And a large group of kids, kids under the age of 18, walked into the school and, and said, we are going in. It's amazing what a, what a community of people will do Young kids can do this. You know, when we look back in time, our leaders, the United States, it didn't come from 60, 70, 80 year old men and women that have been in uh, in this process for 40, 50 years, like Biden and Pelosi and some right. of the other uh, corruption that's 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 leading our country. It came from young men and women at that time. It came from young men. But George Washington, I believe he was 30 years old, 32 years old, somewhere in there. When he was a, a, a general and a president, you know, he was in he was in his 30s. You look at and many of other American leaders, they were in their 20s and 30s. They weren't they weren't old men. They were young, uh, strong alpha males that took this country and, and made it to what it is today. We are a free nation and we need to remain free. And that's only going to happen once people like the three of us have come together and we start spreading this message to our community, to our young people. That way, when they graduate and they enter school, like your son, they're that leader um, in their community. Yes. Among their peers too. Yeah. I mean, when That's you compare, right. And when you compare that uh, as a good comparison with that uh, generation uh, that was there for the birth of this country, compare that to that same age group now to where, you know, offended screaming in a corner because the correct pronouns weren't used or, yeah. you know, throwing up a camera in a mom's face out in public and a Walmart that isn't wearing a mask and berating them on camera to try to get this person canceled. It's just, uh, we've come so far. <laughs> we, we've fallen <laughs> so far from where we were at that time. And it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And at some point though, you know, the shaming and calling out of the people need to be normalized. Yes, 
I'm all for uh, exposing darkness and exposing just, you know, the nonsense. It's, 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 it's utter nonsense. And it needs, like you're saying, it needs yeah. to be called out. Yeah. There's no other word for it. It's just, it's just nonsense. Another question I have for you in regards to that is, do you think the community piece of it is what makes it so challenging for men? Obviously men have day jobs. A lot of men are, you know, you, they work the nine to five. They're the provider for their homes. But I feel like as women, we just, we're built for community. We're built for connection. Uh, we're talkers, obviously. Uh, and so it just, I think, comes naturally for us to, to connect with one another and create these opportunities to come together for a cause. I feel like this is so needed because I think men in general, and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm stereotyping, but men in general tend to not necessarily come together for community. Um, you have more of these like, like two guys, best buds, they've been forever, you know, friends forever kind of thing. But I think it's harder maybe to create community um, of men. What no, do you I, I don't think so. What happens? Uh, let's, let's look at, let's look at Saturdays and Sundays. What are, what are guys typically doing? Well, that's Especially where my head was too. I was like, well, we can all rally around that football team. We can rally like, around your local. I'm a big Gator fan. You, we could all rally around the Gators except for this last weekend. We can all rally around the Gators, okay? We can. We can we can rally around our local teams. We can rally around our own sports teams, okay? Whether it's whether it's the U, whether it's the Gators, FSU down below. So, um, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so those those we can all rally behind that, and that's what you see men doing on the weekends. They're supporting their local their, their local sports team, uh, who they support, and. I can tell you that I'm in a crowd of 90,000 of my closest friends when I go up to the swamp and I'm high-fiving and I'm jumping and I'm screaming and I'm hugging people. I don't even know men. It's crazy. Yes. So it's not, it's not, it's not, it's nowhere near that men can't be a part of community because we do it every week and especially in this, in this season. We do um, it in different ways. Different we way. do it. Right. But we can get excited. And you know what? I think what's, what's been happening is that, Men have been demasculated through the last several years uh, because women have come out there and de demasculated. Other men have demasculated. Politicians, leaders have demasculated all of us over the years, and they've told us to shut down, shut up, and sit down. You know, don't don't mansplain me this, don't mansplain me this. So they don't want to be addressed as, oh, well, I don't want to upset somebody. No, guess what? Life can be offensive. I may be offensive. I'll try to dial it down. But you know what? I'm telling you how it is. Um, I tell my kids, you know, it's funny. I was in, I'm in a group chat with a lot of my uh, soccer parents. We're all very close friends. And there's this sock uh, this softball coach, our baseball coach. And he, it's, it's a YouTube video where he's like, he wears a microphone and he goes and he's telling the kids uh, that are playing, you know, um, in little league. He says, um, have you always been this bad? Do you practice being bad? Like he, he goes on saying this to his kids. Now I think it's just like a, a spoof, you know, he's just playing around, but, uh, to me, it's entertaining, and and uh, I took uh, I kind of take the same approach on my kids, you know, a, a little not like that, but I um, I'm like, no, that was a horrible pass, and I want them to know that that's not acceptable when they're when they're passing the ball to their partner uh, at soccer. Is that is a that is not how you do it. So I want to correct it, and I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to coach them and saying that's a horrible pass. You need to do it this way. This is the way you do it, and I want them to understand that uh, where they can still come to talk to me as a coach. But to know that this is the correct way to win and we have to have solid, uh, solid passes. And um, that's exactly what we need to have in life, too, is is people need to not be afraid of just saying saying that this is this is um, oh, um, this is not OK. I had a um, I interviewed a, a young guy um, uh, the other day and um, for for a job. And he asked us at the end of the inter of the interview, he says, hey, um, I know this might sound a little unprofessional, but I want to know what you guys thought of, of me. And it's not, it's not, it was an unprofessional question. I mean, um, it was, it, it, he wants to know how he could do better as a, an applicant for a job. And he's a young kid. He might not have any coaching at home um, or maybe his parents will have experience in interviews as well. Um, but I told him straight, straightforward. I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, I'm dressed up in a long sleeve, a tie, and I look sharp. You come in with a polo and jeans. I said, 
that to me is not for an interview. You need to be better dressed than me. And I said, that's the first thing. I said, being nervous is, is a guaranteed thing. I said, but you need to come in here looking sharp. Um, and you're not. And I said, that's something that you should focus on on your next interview if you don't get picked up with this one. So those are things um, I think that are that are okay to say. You know, while I might have been blunt with him, um, I hope he walked out and, and goes, you know what, I'll go get myself a nice shirt, a tie, you know, and some slacks with some nice dress shoes, you know, go spend $100. Now, he may or may not have the cash, but um, I, there's ways to get, get that. So. Yeah. It's going back to these things that didn't necessarily need to be spoken 30 years ago, right? Like right. that is almost like, you know that, but now kids these days, kids these days, right? They don't, they don't know. Um, and right. and it, it is a disservice I think that parents are doing. And, um, you know, you guys talked about a little on the podcast too, of just like, and, and I'm the first one to be guilty of it, but you do let the screens sometimes raise your kids or you let the coach or this or person or that person. But there, there is something to be said about being present and being in the moment. Like you guys know, you've got seven and eight year olds, like it goes like that. And next thing you know, you blink and they're heading to college. I mean, it just, it is so fast. And, um, don't blink. Penny Chesney. <laughs> don't blink. Don't blink. They, uh, it happened so fast. And so, you know, to be instilling these values and in, in homes, I think is, you're right. It's where it starts. Um, as far as the community goes, I'm really happy to hear that that doesn't seem like that is big of a challenge to you. And so that it gives me hope. I think looking at the next generation, especially people like my son and his friends, um, but not necessarily that they're all like conservative or, you know, I think as a young person, you tend to just be more progressive and be more just idealistic about what the world really is. Cause you don't know yet. Um, well, there's that, but, that's that saying, if you're, uh, if you're young and you're progressive, that means you have a heart. If you're young and conservative, it means you, you know, you have, you have no heart essentially. Oh, I thought you were going to say when, you have a brain. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's when you're, it's when you get older and you're, you become conservative because you have a brain. Yes. Yes. But there is hope. I think this generation this alpha generation, right, is um, my hope, if it, if you will, is that the last two years, for the ones that weren't really damaged by this, because there's a lot of mental health tolls that have happened in our young, young people over the last two years, but for the ones that have been able, like us, to kind of see through it, who have parents who have guided them through these last two years, I really truly believe we're going to have this almost revolution on the other side of kids who are like, you're not going to tell me I have to do this. Almost like a, you know, almost like a rebellion against the man, if you will, like yeah, all wrong. of this, all oh, of this, like totalitarianism. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Sorry, tangent, but when you find out that people are asking for vax status at a Rage Against the Machine concert, you know yeah. the whole world is like, God, like yeah, what is sold happening? Out. Sold um, out. But you know, you we do have this other generation, this younger generation that is coming up. That hopefully, if we can steward their little minds and their little hearts well now, in ten years when they're off to college, or in twenty years when they're the workforce, um, they will have seen with their own two eyes what dictatorship essentially <laughs> looks like and they will they will defy that and choose a different path that is my hope oh absolutely and again that all that all starts within that household also and you know the family that they were brought up in um you know with everything that happened since 2020 you know uh, like i said earlier i had when i be started becoming outspoken speaking my uh perspective on everything i had friends that I've known for a long time, you know, whose weddings that I've been in, um, real people that I would consider real close friends that, you know, just didn't want to talk to me anymore because of it. And like, all right, cool, man. You know, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like I am, I am always going to be here if you ever want to reconnect again. And I'm, I hold, and that's one thing that we need to remember on our side too, is to not be so divisive. Um, this other side, you know, I can't be upset at anybody who at the time all this was dropping 
believed the outlets, believed you know, you know the CDC and such, which is stuff that you know in reality, yes, we should believe what you're saying. We should believe that you have our best interest at hand. I can't be really upset at those people for at that moment believing everything that they were told to that. But at this point, if you're still buying into all this nonsense, um, you know, and but you're still but your heels are dug in the ground, you know, heads too big, you don't want to admit to it, you know, my bad, you know, I uh I, I was wrong, then I can't have anything to do with it. But all these people that have blocked on communication for me and anybody else for that matter that come out and say, you know, I was wrong, you know. I'm sorry. Let's reconnect. I'm never going to hold something like that over their heads. I'm never going to push them away. You know, that's now that's now an ally in this fight. Like, listen, man, let's hug it out. You know, catch up on family and like let's team team up with us. What can we do to ensure that this does not happen again to our future? Yes. Has that happened? Have you got an apology? I haven't. No. <laughs> but I got I got receipts. <laughs> I got text messages. Y'all. I know. Oh, I got screenshots like you said this. That's a bad thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, I actually saw literally this morning before we jumped on, CDC said the myocarditis that has been found in young people is actually a big deal. It was, um, no, it was. We've been telling you that. What was labeled as misinformation regarding myocarditis is legit. Yes. Well, uh And we've been (laughs) saying that this whole time. And, you know, Sudden adult death syndrome is also a new thing. Also, we have no yeah. idea where that came from. Yes, it is bizarre. It is. It, it does feel like you live in the upside down, right? For the last couple of years, and you know, and and I'll just kind of wrap with this. But I kept telling my kids as this was all unfolding, this is not normal. This is like you're literally living through something that no other generation has had to live through. You might be the first kids to see no physical currency, right? Like that's crazy. Um, and so just having these conversations with them in, in bite size, uh, age appropriate chunks, if you will, to where they can start to understand, like you are, you're our hope, right? Like our hope is that we're doing our part now to instill these values, to, to help them see through the BS of what our government is feeding them and be the generation that comes up behind us and says like we're not putting up with that we're not going to just keep voting a broken system we're not going to you know prop up someone because they they're a republican they have the word republican next to their name i feel like there's just so many like just life lessons that we can be teaching our kids now um again age appropriately that they can they can start to really understand what the world really is um, and, and hopefully kind of pull back the curtain on how we grew up. I mean, we just celebrated, I guess celebrated may not be the right word, but we just, we just went through 9-11, right? We just had all the memorials and everything like that. I'm not going to be some like truther to my kid and be like, here's really what happened, you know? But at the same time, like, don't, don't necessarily just believe the narrative. Don't just buy into it because that's what, even if that's what everyone is saying, everyone can be wrong. <laughs> you can actually be the one that's right here. Um, Don't so get me started on 9-11. <laughs> we can do a whole other episode on that. Um, episode. A whole different belief on what happened. Yes. <laughs> it is not how it went down. Yes. But it is like, but that was a, that was a trauma that was basically forced upon us when we were very young. I mean, I was, I was 18. I was, I had just graduated high school. I was remember I was at my first, not my first job, but one of my jobs. And I remember it like it was yesterday as I'm sure you guys do too as well. And, um, but that was something that was essentially just like forced on us as far as like a trauma that as we know was kind of the catalyst to all these other things uh, that the, that the government could put in place to kind of keep tabs on us. And, um, and so to, to be open to, to already be an awake parent and kind of know some of these things, I think our biggest duty is to instill that, uh, ability to wade through information and see reality, see facts, have that cognitive, um, ability to not necessarily just believe the, the given narrative at, at all times. So um, 
maybe that's a little bit of a tangent, but I, I feel like that's like right on brand. No, but you make, you make solid points there referencing nine 11 while we just honored those, uh, those fallen heroes, those fallen soldiers that all were all impacted. Those, those families that were all impacted from the, the terrors that uh, occurred that, that, uh, that morning in, in September. <clears throat> but, um, we as a as a nation did not challenge anyone. We believed the NIST reports. We believed what they said. They picked up and they took everything away very quickly. That was the beginning of hey, look, we can hide things. We can hide three big buildings and a Pentagon um, and several planes. We could hide it by just not talking about it by saying, oh no, this is what it is. And that's what we did. That was the that was the catalyst because you look 20 years later, almost 20 years later, it happened again with COVID. It happened again and with this vaccination. 20 years later, it happened with the vaccination. So they they are doing it and they've probably done it more times than we can really believe. And 9-11 was probably the, the most obvious and most apparent, but none of us questioned it. And the reason that was is because it was all caught on camera. So many New Yorkers were walking around with their big video cameras. Now everybody has their cell phones and they're able to communicate through all these different apps all around the world. So it's harder to hide, but they're continuing to stand strong, these evils in our world. And they're winning because we backed down after the first one battle. And that's why we have to stay strong, stay courageous and continue to fight back. This is a long battle. It's a long war and it doesn't end. This is something that's been set up probably longer than before 9-11. I, I, I don't have facts or anything like that, but I would believe that those way back before 9-11, before anything was actually uh, recorded and, and could be kept, they, they've always been able to do this. This is just, it's more obvious and apparent right now because uh, so many of us are in tune to other, other need, uh, media and uh, means of communications. Mm-hmm. So it's not far, it's not far-fetched to think that. Yeah. But well, I, I think that's a good place to wrap, guys. But uh, thank you like so it. much for coming on. I super appreciate both of you. Not only Absolutely. just for being here this morning, I love that, but ultimately what you're doing. I think it's so important. But at the end of the day, I think it's so needed. You know, I'm, I'll shameless plug really quick. I'm launching a community for women called Built for Boldness. Um, it's going to start get- in October. And uh, it's really for like-minded ladies who may be a little conspiratorial-minded, you know. Um, but basically, okay. those, of us, those of us that have just been, like, told to shut up, canceled, told that we're crazy um, over the last several years, I really feel like there needs to be a place for us to come together. And for me, it's going to be growing in our, our spiritual walk with God because I think, you know, at the end of the day, that is that's my anchor, right. To all of this, to be able to do all of this. And so, um, starting this community for women called built for boldness, October 4th is when it starts. You guys can check out builtforboldness.com if you're interested in that, but I'm going to let the raising alphas guys plug their community and what they've got going on, um, here in the next little bit. First thing, Dave, usually Dave usually wraps us up, um, with our plugs, but, uh, one thing before he wraps us up, September 30th, um, I'll be speaking at the Freedom Night at Oasis at the Oasis. Uh, it's over in Sanford at 7 p.m. Uh, I'll be speaking. Um, I'm, I'm being introduced as Chief Davis, but I will be speaking as Steve Davis, the Raising Alpha. Um, and uh, David will be there. We'll be uh, selling shirts and we'll be talking about our brand and what we want to do in the community. Uh, but this is something it starts in the household. It starts with leadership in the household. Um, for freedom. If we want a freedom in this country, it starts with the leadership in our, in our household. But uh, I'll leave, I'll end with that and I'll let Dave uh, give us a wrap. Absolutely. Brittany, here, I'll go back real quick on your, uh, what was it? What was your group built, maker one? Yeah, it's built, built for boldness. Built for boldness. So uh, let me know if you guys come up with any new conspiracy theories, because so far all of mine have become true. I need some new ones. Yes. <laughs> check, um, check, check, right? <laughs> uh, but no, so you got we get, you can find us at uh, Um We're on Instagram as well, RaisingAlphas underscore project. Uh, Twitter, Twitter handle is the same. Uh, we have uh, I got you know I'm on personal with my Instagram at David Panzig. Uh, same with Twitter and Getter, all same handles on there. Uh, we got our shirts for sale. 
Uh, we did recently add to the shop also our new hats. And we are working on some other merch in the, at the moment also. So uh, a lot of exciting things coming for us. But uh, definitely, if you're in the area, come out there on September 30th. Say hi. You know, Give us a high five. Take a picture. Buy a shirt. We'll have stuff out there. Nice. And you guys can check out their podcast. I think it's like everywhere yeah. people can find podcasts, right? Yeah. Every, anywhere that you can find a podcast, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, all of those spots, but just raising out the project. Awesome. You guys check them out, especially if you're a guy listening. Like I do a lot of, you know, female oriented things, but I definitely want to have the guys on and share this with you all. Um, again, super important uh, community that we need to see activated. Um, start coming to school board meetings, start showing up at your county commissioner meetings, back these guys up when they uh, are going through litigation and different things. It, it actually means all the world. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you on the next one. Have a good one. Hey, new friend. I see you. As the mom of a vaccine-injured child, I am awake to the world now, and I can never go back. If the last two years have taught me anything, it's that I have to keep my eyes solely on Jesus. If you're like me, and you're ready to use your voice and step into the boldness that Christ is calling you into, then join me for a four-week, eight-part study on boldness in the Bible. I'm launching a community of like-minded ladies who are awake to the world and ready to use their voice. Join me. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on, so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.